Hi guys, and welcome to the Well Acquainted Podcast, where we empower our communities one episode at a time, each and every perspective at a time. You can find the Well Acquainted Podcast on not only Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but also on YouTube. Today I am solo dolo. My co-host Mika is actually not able to join us this episode because she is finishing up a brief that is due for work next week. So I am by myself, but we're going to have a little bit of fun, guys. We're going to have tons of fun. We're actually going to be talking about trending news on Twitter. Yep, you heard me right. Trending news on Twitter. But it's in relation to episode three. If you don't know, um, episode three was, well, the title of episode three was, is the nomination of Supreme Court Justice nominee Judge Kentondre Brown Jackson about race or competency. And we were really talking in depthly about some of the concerns that I heard in the Senate hearings regarding Jackson. And Nika also gave her concerns as well. But we were coming from two different perspectives, which we typically always do. But fast forward to today, which is Sunday, April 10th, we know now that. Jackson has now been confirmed. The votes were 53 to 47. And the reason why this went viral on Twitter is because if you don't know, Senator Tim Scott was one of the individuals, one of the 47 individuals who voted not to confirm Jackson. A little overview about Tim Scott or Senator Scott. He is an African-American Republican U.S. Senator, and I believe he's the only African-American Republican Senator that sits on the Senate. I just want to first read to you our, I would say, the top tweets that made this whole entire situation go viral. Here's the first tweet. Imagine being Black Republican Tim Scott voting against the historic nomination of the first Black woman to the Supreme Court while three of your white Republican colleagues vote for her. That's the first tweet. Now the second tweet is, Tim Scott, the lone Black Republican, opposed the nomination of the first Black woman to the Supreme Court. Here's another tweet. How could Tim Scott, as a black man, vote no on confirming Judge Kentanji Brown Jackson, a more than qualified black woman, and still be able to look at himself in the mirror? Here's another tweet that went viral. This had 6,543 likes, and it was retweeted 1,800 times, and it says, Imagine being Tim Scott and knowing that none of these MFers thinks you're his equal, yet you keep smiling and keep doing everything possible to make them believe you're one of the good ones and that they at least think you're better than the rest of those people. Another tweet said, Tim Scott made his choice a long time ago, and it's a picture of him shaking the hands of President Trump, and it also says the ultimate sellout. Another tweet 
is Tim Scott is black, but he identifies as a white supremacist. Another tweet that I kind of chuckled at <laughs> is Tim Scott is not invited to the cookout. And I can go on and on and on and on about the viral tweets. I want to point out one thing, though, in regards to these tweets. A lot of these tweets are coming from the African-American community. And this is where I want to make a point. You have U.S. Senator Tim Scott as one of the only African-American Black Republicans that sits on our Senate. And you have individuals that are African-American in our culture that have ostracized him um, because he voted against confirming Jackson. And one also thing that I want to also point out, too, is that I was seeing this a lot. How people were saying, oh, Kentanji Jackson is the first African-American Supreme Court justice, and that's not true. We have Clarence Thompson, we have Thurgood Marshall, but again, they're not recognized or celebrated in our culture, in our media, because they were conservative justices, in my opinion. So Jackson is not the first Supreme Court justice, African-American Supreme Court justice. She is the first African-American woman that's been confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. So I think that um, it's important to make that distinction and just really recognize really how far our country has come. And I do believe that Clarence Thompson and Thurgood Marshall, they paved the way for this. They helped pave the way for this because they're African-American men. And now we have an African-American woman or has been confirmed in the Supreme Court. But back to Senator Tim Scott and some of the viral tweets. And something that I want to point out as well is in the African-American community, we do not celebrate diversity of thought. We do not celebrate diversity of political opinions, any sort of opinion that goes against the narrative of what's going on in the media and what's going on within our culture, our communities, we tend to ostracize them. We, especially when it comes to African-American men. And I point this out for a reason because this is not the first time this has happened. If you remember, this happened with 50 Cent. This happened with 50 Cent. He went viral when Biden was actually running for president, when he expressed his valid concerns of voting for Biden because of tax reasons. He said, and this is paraphrased, of course, he said, I'm 50 Cent, but I don't want to be 20 Cent if I vote for Biden and I have to pay all these taxes because of my tax bracket, which was extremely reasonable. And you had... People like from Hollywood, people in politics, um, most of the people from the left, obviously, that were expressing their disdain for him, even speaking out against voting for a Democrat party, right? Because if you look at the numbers, the Black community, we tend to vote 80 to 90 percent for the Democratic Party. And this has been going on for 50 plus years, right? So again, you have an African-American man who is brilliant, who is successful, 
Um, I believe he may be a billionaire now or close to it. And again, he is able to think for himself. He is able to form his own opinions and say, well, this is where I stand in regards to voting um, for this administration. And these are my concerns. And I believe he actually backtracked because of all of the negative feedback that he received. But again, going back that when we see African-American men who are going against the narrative, who are going against essentially the left, if you really think about it, and they're expressing a lot of their concerns with politics, with administration, with people, they're not celebrated. They're not celebrated. And for me, it presents a concern that maybe we do not celebrate or think of African-American men in an intellectual way, specifically having the ability to have and form their own thoughts when it comes to politics, when it comes to culture and society, or when it really comes to anything. Typically, you know, the media presents Black men as being athletes, right, as being rappers and really entertainers, but we really don't see on a mass scale, Black men being celebrated as intellectuals outside of the narrative, outside of our media, outside of the uh, agenda. And I think that is something that we have to work on and acknowledge, right? Because some of the things that were not talked about in a lot of these Twitter rants and viral tweets that were coming from people within our community in regards to Tim Scott choosing not to support Jackson is maybe some of the reasons why he didn't support Jackson, right? Maybe it was because of a lot of the things that came up with CRT, with her sitting on, again, a private school in DC and that particular school teaching CRT. Maybe it was because of how she was working for a firm and that firm spoke out against pro-life protesters. Maybe it was the fact that her ideology in regards to choosing not to define what a woman is. Maybe it was the fact that she is extremely lenient when it comes to crimes against children. These are things that were not brought up. And I, I looked, I researched. A lot of these individuals who were speaking out against Tim Scott were not bringing up some of the reasons why he chose not to. And again, every time, and this is something that, you know, I definitely want to bring to the forefront as an African-American woman, as a woman in law, as just an American, we see these things over and over again. And I think that it's time that we bring awareness to this and support intellectual thinking from not only um, a certain political group, but for really all people, especially African-American men. I think we have to push that narrative. Now we're going to transition into part two of the episode, which is going to be about the recent, I call it a financial scandal, but it's about BLM. BLM. First, I just want to say this. I think we can all agree that the phrase Black Lives Matter, right? I think we can all support Black Lives Matter. Um, we can support and say white lives matter, all lives matter, blue lives matter. I think all lives matter, right? But I think because um, 
of just what's been going on or what has gone on in the media in regards to black men, black women, black children having run-ins with police officers. I think that um, there are certain people within our community that have taken advantage and have ran with that narrative and and that have created move, movement and have benefited financially from them. One of those organizations allegedly are BLM. So if you don't know Patrice Colors, which is one of, I believe she's an executive director, um, director of BLM, but she obviously was one of the individuals who started the organization. She has been under fire this past week because allegedly she has used BLM funds to buy um, or purchase homes in California. And there's been a recent uproar about this, which there have been allegations slowly, in my opinion, coming to the surface in these past few years about, hey, you should probably check out some of the finances of BLM. You know, it's been, they have raised millions and millions and millions of dollars in regards to the movement of Black lives and Black men and Black women, um, well, specifically Black men being slaughtered in the streets are police brutality by police, but we haven't seen any of the money. We have seen no communities being built up because of the funding. We have not seen any Black scholarships come from BLM. We have not seen anything in regards to all this money that has been raised, right? And have you given to Black Lives Matter organization? If you feel comfortable saying this in the YouTube comments, let us know. How do you feel about this? I have not given to BLM organization personally, but I'm sure a lot of my peers have. A lot of people outside of the African-American community really did feel bad because of what was being portrayed in the media. You know, it was literally a summer of 2020. I mean, every single week, every single month, you would see another Black man, another Black woman being um, brutalized by police, another black man, another black man, another black man. And it's, it's crazy because during that same year, when all of this was going on, when stores and businesses were being destroyed all over our country, that same year, you had police brutality cases, particularly there was a Caucasian man in Arizona named Ryan. I can't think of his last name, but he was actually shot and killed in the back by police officers in his Arizona home. And it was a domestic violence dispute, but we never heard about Ryan's case on CNN or Fox News or any of these mass media sites, right? Or mass media platforms. We never heard about Ryan. There was a Hispanic man that was killed by police in November of that same year. He had his hands up. He was actually having a mental breakdown from the reports that I saw and his father and his family continually want to bring awareness to his case. Again, this Hispanic man, his name was Nicholas Chavez. He was killed April of 2020, the same year of George Floyd. And he was on his knees during the time when he was killed. He was having a mental breakdown. 
and he was also brutalized by police. Now, we never heard of Nicholas Chavez during the same year when all the BLM riot, and there's a plethora of so many other cases that I can get into about Hispanic men, Caucasian men, people outside of the African-American community that had run-ins by police officers and for whatever the reason is, um, did not come out on the other side alive. I'm not making any comments if this was a justified or non-justified um, killing on any cases I, I mentioned, but I do want to say that we never heard of any of these cases. And what you want to ask yourself is why? Why do we keep hearing the same narrative over and over and over again when the numbers, specifically when it comes to African-Americans, Caucasians, and Hispanics being brutalized by police officers, Caucasians, their community outnumber, outrank the statistics of people being brutalized by police officers. And again, um, I think the counter argument to that is that African-Americans only make up 13% of the population. But again, of course, our Caucasians are going to outnumber African-Americans. But one thing that we know for sure is that we were not seeing those cases on some of these mass media outlets. And was it just a part of the BLM agenda to um, have people get to this organization? For what reason? I do not know. But their finances have been under scrutiny for the past few weeks. And where are the donors to BLM? What are they saying? And you know, if you donated to BLM organization, I would really love to hear your feedback on some of this because it's really outrageous. And I think that it's time for Americans to really start looking more into their finances and really starting to really look at what happened in 2020, look at the summer of 2020, look at a lot of the money that raised in regards to, from that perspective, if Caucasians outnumber African-Americans and Hispanics um, statistically with being brutalized by police officers, how come we never heard about any of those cases involving Caucasian men or women who were being killed by police too? How come we never heard of those cases involving Hispanics being killed by police? How come we never heard of the Asians that had these run-ins with police officers? We only heard 2020 and even part of 2021 of African-American men. Um, and obviously that contributed to the large amount of money that was given to BLM organization. And now we're in this predicament now, where did that money go to? Apparently a lot of those allegations are that the money went to Patrice Cullors purchasing those homes in California. Do you think it's true or not? Do you think it's a little sketchy that all this money was given to the BLM organization and we can't seem to track down the money. We don't have any records of the money, nothing that we can point to. And again, I think it's time for Americans to start looking more into this. I would too. I personally have not given to the organization, but I'm sure many of you listening may have given. It's just really sad. I mean, it really, really is. And 
it's, it's really sad. I'm already 28 minutes in and I think I've talked long enough, but I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Solo dolo Tam <laughs> in this swap episode, but we'll see you guys next week.